Welcome to Expert Opinion, the branding business forum where leaders share their views, insights, and experiences from the world of B2B branding. And now, here's your host. And welcome once again to Branding Business. Our guest today is Jason Bartlett of Xerox. Jason is Vice President of Global Digital Marketing. Welcome, Jason. Alan, thank you for having me. Uh, thrilled to be a part of the program today. You're very welcome, Jason. Thanks for joining us. Inevitably, the first question, when people hear the word Xerox, they think of the copier company. Everybody in the, in the business world knows that Xerox is undergoing quite a radical transformation. Today, Xerox describes itself as the world's leading enterprise for business processes and document management. Basically, as I understand that, is back office function outsourcing. Is that correct, and how is that shift going? Yes, that is correct. It's, uh, we are going through uh, an incredibly exciting transformation at Xerox um, as we evolve from a really deep legacy uh, around innovative technology um, and moving now into um, into a, being a leader in the global business services uh, arena. Um, we, uh, our role in marketing is really to change the perception of Xerox today. Um, we are known as the copier company. Um, and while we're really proud of our legacy and our, and our heritage and, and a long-standing approach to innovation around office equipment and technology more broadly, we're much more than that today. We're a leader in transportation. We're a leader in customer care and healthcare, financial services, and more. Um, these are all outsourced offerings that allow um, us to help our customers simplify the way work gets done and really focus on their core offerings. These are behind-the-scenes back-office functions um, that we're supporting. And the transition's going well. These are, these are transitions that don't happen overnight. It, it takes a long time to change these perceptions of a, of a brand that's been around for a really long time and known for one thing. Um, but early indications are that things are um, moving according to plan, and we're getting some great uh, you know, business uh, growth in, in key areas in the business services space. Um, and all is going well. And what's really uh, exciting about all of this is the, is the function that marketing uh, and specifically content and social plays in, in the broader scheme of things. That's great, Jason. Thank you. So talking of uh, marketing and total of the, talking of the social um, dimension in marketing, and as part of that larger transformation in the works at Xerox, the company has changed how it engages the, its audiences through content and social media. How is that happening? How does it play into the wider context of brand management at uh, Xerox? Yeah, social and content marketing is is playing an essential role in this transformation process for us. Um, it, there's there's a, a lot of participation, as we all know, across a lot a lot of social networks um, today. And because these types of transformations, in fact, don't happen overnight, it's a, it's a lengthy kind of nurturing process, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, we're able to utilize social and, and content to really focus on that perception gap early on. Um, and that's where, you know, social and content's really well suited in kind of the larger marketing and communications mix, if you will. Mm-hmm. When it's executed properly, um, where you abandon many of the traditional marketing concepts, um, there's an incredible opportunity to initiate our transition, you know, through effective content execution. 
Very interesting, Jason. So do you, uh, in your role as VP of uh, Global Digital Marketing, you align yourself very closely with the marketing function at Xerox, and uh, I should imagine the, the, the lines have blurred completely in terms of how one thinks of social uh, social media and, and marketing. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely still uh, in the infancy stages, if you will, from a marketing perspective as you look at social and content, but there's been a lot of... I think significant maturation. Um, we've we've been really quick to learn and optimize on the fly, um, you know. And what we've also done here at Xerox is we've realized the importance of the broader digital ecosystem. And so, my team is responsible for the social marketing practice at Xerox. We've stood up a separate content marketing. Uh, team, but we've also, um, going back to uh, the fall of last year, we've also brought in web marketing, so Xerox.com globally, looking at this as a total ecosystem of digital where people are engaging with our brand across multiple platforms and in multiple ways or in many different ways. And what's really great about this from a digital perspective is our ability to pull together in a nice kind of integrated, purposeful kind of way, a string of touch points that brings people through a content journey or an engagement journey with our brand. Uh, that's interesting. So, you, uh, Jason, you use the word content there. Now, perhaps that is, is a commonly used word today and perhaps overused. What does it mean at Xerox? What is content? Yeah, I would, I would agree with you. It's, it's definitely overused, um, and I'd even argue that it's broadly defined. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, if you were to poll, you know, a number of marketers today, you'd essentially end up with what I'd consider a comprehensive list of everything produced for public consumption today. Mm -hmm. You know, from my vantage point, you know, based on what we're going through and kind of the business strategy that we're undertaking here at Xerox, we're engaging with audiences across that full uh, digital spectrum, and we need to understand the various forms of content and the editorial strategy across a, a journey of those touch points for our audience. The one key element that makes this work is that it must be built around a concept of audience in and not Xerox out. Hmm. And if you have that concept and you, and you couple that with an approach that provides useful information uh, or unique perspectives, this is what drives the strongest engagement. And it's the foundation for our thought leadership that, again, accelerates our ability to reposition the Xerox brand. So we've got a very specific definition today around what content is and what it enables us to do specifically in the social and content space. In terms of content, as I understand it, and Jason, you at Xerox and your team develops the content. It's, it's actually custom content that you produce and develop. Is that correct? That's correct. We, we are doing so on behalf of the corporation overall. So my team is in corporate marketing and communications, and we're, we're wearing more of a corporate hat, if you will. Mm -hmm. We are a business of over 100 lines of businesses. And so there's a, um, an army of marketeers around the world, um, many of which are, you know, starting out with some early implementation of social and content. But for what we're doing, which ladders up again to the core business strategy um, of transforming our company, we do have content at the core, and we have two people on my team that lead the corporate content initiatives. Both of those 
most people have kind of a newsroom mentality. They're very um, editorial uh, in, in focus, and they even have some background um, working in the media space and the publisher space. Um, and so they are responsible for the ongoing daily writing, editing, um, and, and publishing through owned social accounts, all of the content that we create. We do have um, an agency partner in this space that helps us in a couple of key initiatives, and we've got a, um, a roster of authors, if you will, writers around the company that we tap into for our blog platform as well. Interesting. So do you have, like a typical newspaper used to be, uh, do you have editorial meetings around content ideas? Do you brainstorm? How does content happen? Yeah, every every single morning. Our approach here to, to content marketing, we are approaching it as that newsroom, and it's not just using the terminology that's being kicked around quite a bit in the marketing space today. We are effectively implementing it. Um, you know, there's no debating that marketing today is undergoing, you know, significant fundamental changes today. And this concept of newsrooms, it's really enabling us to do things in different ways. Traditional marketing tactics, I believe, are really past their glory days. I think they're still, they play a role. Um, you know, so advertising is really important. Public relations is certainly important. Um, events, but a lot of these things, these elements aren't what they used to be. Um, the effectiveness of them aren't what they used to be. Um, and so this approach to the newsroom mentality where we do have, you know, every single morning a standing kind of editorial meeting and being in tune with what's really hot in the marketplace while also having that lens of what's contextually relevant to us um, has been hugely uh, impactful for us, and it really drives a lot of our strategic discuss discussions um, with the social marketing team as well. Interesting. So, Jason, could you give us an example of, of a recent content initiative that came from such a meeting? Our significant player in the business of healthcare, and we're in tune with a lot of what's going on in, in Washington, D.C., and there's a lot of legislature that comes off the hill you know, almost every day that kind of affects either our business or, our, or more importantly, um, our customers. Being in tune with these things that are happening real time and decisions being made, and, and there's probably a lot of our customers wondering, well, what's the impact of this now to my business? We have um, reporters, if you will, within our, our, our ecosystem of content marketing who are in tune with this, watching it, measuring it, looking ahead, and understanding the impact to our customers' businesses. And we're writing content within hours after some of these decisions are being handed down uh, in D.C. Um, so that's a perfect example. And it's not, just one ta it's not just one instance of that. It's an ongoing strategy for us to understand, you know, these late-breaking news uh, events and what is the role to Xerox and how can we put our thought or our opinion behind it and provide some useful information to our customers. Oh, that's fascinating. So it really is a 24-hour uh, hour operation in terms of watching the news, looking for topical initiatives or events to, around which you can create content. I agree, and it's, it, what's really interesting about all of this is how different you need to staff your teams, um, especially as you compare it to kind of years past. Um, this is not normal marketing functions that a lot of us are used to. 
these are unique people with unique skill sets that are part of these newsrooms. They are news junkies. They are plugged in almost in a 24-7 kind of way, and they've got their finger on the pulse. And what's, what's been really interesting is getting these types of people who are highly talented in the news and the news cycle and getting them to balance that with a business lens that we need here at Xerox has been really exciting. It's the biggest challenge to kind of constantly keep that contextual relevancy to Xerox in mind, but we've been really successful with it, and I'm really proud of our early efforts on this front. That's wonderful. So, Jason, you, you, we've used the word newsroom um, several times in this conversation, and, and to me as a former journalist, that's, that has one connotation. What does that really mean in terms of the staff profile at a, at a company like Xerox these days? What kind of person do you employ? What's their background? Yes, a little bit of what I, I'm talking about here, which is that newsroom and kind of editorial background. Um, one of the individuals on my team um, has a background both in local news, but as well as with the Associated Press, and they, another individual who's got really strong writing skills, and, and the two of them are excellent in editorial. Uh, marry those skills with the ability to understand a, a business strategy um, and tie into a broader plan. Um, it's more than just reporting news. Um, it's tying it back to, you know, kind of the company, if you will. You know, consumers today, especially the younger generation, they're, they're driving these big changes in the way that brands need to communicate. Um, and I truly believe that CMOs and marketing leaders across big brands like Xerox, we have an incredible opportunity to really reevaluate the organizational structure not just at the program level, but the talent that aligns with these new forms of communications and engagement. I'm a big supporter of this newsroom approach, um, which, again, I think we deploy in a, in a really fantastic way at Xerox. It goes beyond a tactic, and, and, and uh, as I think, it, it starts to drive a cultural change in the way that we communicate. A newsroom operates in that real-time environment where you need to be tuned in on what's happening right now and how it impacts me as a consumer and ultimately how Xerox plays a role, even if it is distant. The other key element behind the newsroom is as you start to think about the skill set that's much more needed today is that strong writing and editing. This is not just creating tons of quote-unquote stuff. It's creating strong, contextually relevant assets that our audience will find useful or informative. And as you think about this more widely around the types of talent and the way that we have to evolve the talent within our organizations, you know, analytics is incredibly important and it's becoming more important. And as we look five years down the road, it's going to be a huge component to what we are doing uh, with brands. And so the analytics and more specifically the analysis function within that um, versus the reporting is really, really important. And then in-house creative design uh, and, and implementation is another area where some brands bring in-house kind of creative design. It's not what I think is widespread, um, but we've got a creative director within our team as well, and it's been hugely beneficial for us. So all of those things, and then the last bit I would say is 
technical competency, uh, believe it or not, because a lot of this technical stuff in the past has been with a, an IT uh, or information management department. But given the explosion of platforms and solutions that enable social and content and web teams today to be more efficient and more effective in what they do, and oh, by the way, a lot of these technologies are, are in the cloud and not necessarily tied into your corporate infrastructure, having people in the marketing group truly understand the capabilities of these platforms and having some baseline technical competencies married with these other talents, you start to see a fundamentally different staffing structure than what we've seen traditionally at big brands. It's very interesting. You mentioned the creative director there. Could you tell us briefly, Jason, what the responsibility of your creative director is? How does he participate in the content? Well, this would be one example of where we've got some room for some growth as our creative director today is on my web marketing team and really focused on kind of the web deployment and, and ensuring you know proper UX and information architecture of our websites globally. Somebody who's incredibly creative and insightful and fully understands what we're trying to do at Xerox, I've got somebody who's incredibly talented and has the capacity not only, uh, you know, kind of from a bandwidth perspective, but more importantly, um, from a mindset perspective, to actually look beyond just a website. How do we look at this maybe again as audience in? Because the way you deploy sometimes corporate websites is, is it's a bit introverted. You know, utilizing this person, encouraging this person to spread his wings and think about this across you know, many forms of content and understanding the social space and understanding how our consumers are engaging with the types of content that we create is an area where I think we've got a lot of uh, opportunity to develop over time. Switching to the other side of the equation, Jason, the content development and then the channels you use to publish it, so to speak. You mentioned the platforms and we've talked about social networks. In my mind, that's very fundamentally Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook. Is it, are those part of your channels or are they different or those? Yes, those are our channels. LinkedIn is really, really important for us given its kind of B2B nature, if you will, or, or kind of business. Um, approach. Uh, Twitter is really important, but very difficult. Uh, difficult because of the volumes that's coming through that platform. Um, so it's hard to stand out. You've got to be incredibly active. And we do have Facebook today, but challenges of a different kind with Facebook, which is more rooted around, you know, organic reach and, and you know, this kind of recent trend where we're needing to spend a lot more money to make our message pop through uh, in Facebook, which is a bit of a concern for us. But yes, these are platforms that we deploy today. Um, we're in the process right now of standing up a Google Plus platform presence, um, and we also rely heavily on YouTube and a, and a roster of blogs for us as well. Given the complexity of what you've just described, Jason, and the uh, the newness of this function, what is the most common mistake you see B2B companies making in the content and social space areas? I would argue uh, what I see is a lot of focus on quantity and not quality in their content deployment. Say that um, they're more focused on telling their story. It's that company out idea that or concept, if you will, that I mentioned mm -hmm. a bit earlier in our conversation. Mm -hmm. And the other, the other pitfall that I see quite a bit uh, in the B2B space is a lot of focus on driving immediate business. Sales cycles in B2B are really drawn out. They can be measured in months. Um, and you have to be patient 
And you have to understand that audiences today shut down when they are sold to at the wrong time. You know, a lot of our, what we're finding in the space today is that our audiences don't want to be sold to. They want to be engaged with, and the sales process is an ends to the means, not the priority or not the primary way to engage with people. So these are just things that I've kind of picked up on over the last couple of months and, and things that we're trying to distill in our team to make sure that we're watching for these traps. Excellent. So, Jason, um, coming to the last question, and one we always like to ask our guests, uh, you, in particular, are viewed as a thought leader in content and social. Um, as a first and fast mover in the B2B space, can you tell us, please, about a mistake you've made and an important lesson you learned from it? Uh, the mistake question, for sure. Um, you know, like a lot of brands, I was really, really, really focused on our business, our strategy, our communications plans, you know, all really important things, of course. Sometimes it's counterintuitive to that concept of audience in. The mistake I've made is not really putting social monitoring at the core of everything we do around social and content. This is an incredibly difficult area for us. We have a lot of work to do in this space, and we are currently actively working it right now. Um, I can only hope that I and others uh, at Xerox that are leading social and content efforts, we get behind this as a key cultural change at Xerox, as it's more than just a tactic or something that you should do. It's what we should be leading with. And so it's a mistake that um, wasn't just short term, if you will. It's one that continues, and, and we're we're addressing it. We we've got the realization, and now we're addressing it. And I and I hope we can now turn this from kind of a flawed approach to social and content and turn it into a world class kind of leading example, if you will. Well, that is certainly a different kind of Xerox, um, and I'm sure our listeners will agree with that. Jason, this has been a particularly fascinating conversation. I do thank you for your time today. How can people get in touch with you if they need to? Twitter is my handle is at J underscore Bartlett, B-A-R-T-L-E-T-T. And, of course, I'm on LinkedIn as well under Jason Bartlett. Alan, I appreciate the conversation today. It's a, it's a fun and fascinating space that we're in today and so much fundamental change going on in marketing, and I'm just happy to be a part of it and, and, and being a part of this kind of trial and error, error period that we're going through. Thanks so much, Jason. That was Jason Bartlett of Xerox.